You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and we have an outstanding show planned for you, ladies and gentlemen. You're so lucky to be listening to us live here on octalkradio.net or maybe as a podcast or watching the video somewhere. You know, with a one-of-a-kind, distinguished background, Managing Director of the Salazar Group, David Setlazar brings what I believe to be a truly unique blend of expertise and experience to help his clients. What's he do? He helps business owners just like you fight and win the challenge of building a quality business and then selling it. David, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Thank Podcast. Thank you, Rick. Good to see you again. It's good to have you back on the show. He's one of our few returning guests. I enjoyed the interview that we did the last time so much. I want him to come back and maybe dig a little bit deeper into some of these areas. This is podcast episode number 1,204. So why don't you explain in your own words, David, what does the Salazar Group do? Uh, The Salazar Group is um, a company that uh, helps owners, business owners, here in Orange County, uh, kind of realize their dreams of exiting and, and selling their businesses. And we focus on businesses that are 5 to $50 million in revenue, so kind of the lower middle market as it's described, but uh, just locally, uh, companies here in Orange County. How did you get into this? You know, so I have a unique background. I was a former president and CEO of a medical device company, worked for Procter & Gamble and Baxter Healthcare and a variety of companies. But I also worked for C.B. Richard Ellis as a broker, and I have about over 15 years' experience as a broker, so it's a unique unique experience for us, for me. And what led you to believe that this was the right next chapter for you to be in this space, being in the M&A space? You know, um, there's a challenge that business owners have, and and they really don't uh, many times realize that there are experts buying your company. I mean, these guys do this all day long. They're very bright. They know how to do this. But sellers really, you know, do it once in a lifetime. I mean, you take 20, 30 years to grow your business and and finally get to that point where you want to sell it. And uh, you really need uh, someone on your side. You need an advocate for yourself to make sure it's successful. So you're on the sell side. Yeah, we're only on the sell side. So we don't work with buyers very much. It's really with sellers that, uh, like I said, businesses kind of five to $50 million in revenue. And that was a conscious decision by you as an entrepreneur to... on that side of the transaction? Yes, it is. And there are a variety of brokers. Some represent buyers, uh, but we focus on specialized representing sellers. Can I ask you why you chose that side of the transaction? What what is it about representing the sellers that got you going and got you excited? Well, like I was mentioning, Rick, you know, there's really two sides of the transaction, and you've got experts on one side, and you have people who are just doing this once or twice in their life on the other side. And so I have a, a real passion for helping those people and making sure that things go well and we have a proven process that works, make sure all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And so representing sellers uh, on this uh, very, very important uh, transaction is, is really very enjoyable for me. You know, uh, we're talking with David Salazar. He is the founder of the Salazar Group. We're talking about his business and we're going to talk about uh, selling a business and, and that, some of his uh, deep expertise. Uh, so, so I'm wondering, you know, you say um, there are professionals on the other side of the transaction. So in, in your experience, um, when a 
business owner who's worked so hard to create their business wants to sell it, it generally represents a reasonable portion of their net worth. Is that true, David? Sometimes 100%. 100%. Uh, but um, most people uh, want to sell either because of retirement or they're burnt out or they want a liquidity event. They want to diversify their net worth and take uh, some of that 100%, reduce that down to a lower amount and have cash in the bank, and they feel more comfortable with, with a more of a diverse back, a diverse uh, portfolio. I, I like what you said earlier. I, I use the phrase, we don't do well what we don't do often. And mm-hmm. to your explanation on the buy side, they're doing that frequently, if not continuously. On the sell side, it's once in a decade or 20 year or longer. And so they really don't have the experience to properly represent themselves, do they? They really don't. And a lot of them have trusted advisors, such as attorneys and CPAs and other people to help them. But those people aren't in the market every day either. So you mm. really need someone who's thinking about this 24-7 and uh, really cares and wants to help you out. So when you were on our show previously, I believe uh, it was that time or one, in one of our conversations where I attribute this to you, where you said, in some ways... In spite of all that, it is a bit of a seller's market now because of the positive economy and the performance that companies have had over the past few years. You know, Rick, it's kind of amazing to see how much money is poured into private equity. Okay. And you have these private equity groups uh, now that are forming. Literally, there's a, a trillion dollars, as I understand <laughs> it, sitting on the sidelines waiting to be invested into private smaller firms mm-hmm. and uh, they feel the stock market is is kind of at its peak and they feel other real estate's at its peak and so they want to invest in businesses and uh, uh, get a chance to grow that business and then resell it down the road for higher profit so in your experience because you've probably seen a range of people call you or email you text you or friends say hey i know somebody who wants to um is there a general sense that you have david about how long before a seller is ready to sell the business, do they start thinking about selling the business? you know what I mean? Unfortunately, it's usually a little late, Rick. Um, we really want people to start thinking about selling their business really two or three years ahead of time. Uh, the more time, the better. And as a matter of fact, it's my philosophy is that you should be ready to sell your company at all times. Okay. You should know the value of your business at all times. And you're constantly working on improving it, uh, not only working in the business, but working on the business. And um, and so that uh, when that, that buyer comes around, whether it be a, a specific choice or that a strategic company that happens to want to buy you, that you're prepared and you don't have to wait three more years to actually do the sale. So you said something that I wanted to peel back a little bit. Be ready to sell and kind of know the price. Is it your experience from talking to these folks that many of the people that are listening to our radio show who may, may own a, a business that fits in your niche actually have an accurate understanding of what, if they were going to sell their business, it, it could sell for today? Is it your experience? Yeah, they really don't. Um, unfortunately, when you spend uh, you know 20 years doing something, you really think that your, your baby is absolutely beautiful. And when you find out that there are some flaws there, uh, you're kind of surprised. And we call this, you know, this gap, this valuation gap is where you think it's where you think it's worth versus what the market thinks it's worth, and that gap there is is difficult to uh, overcome sometimes. So okay, so so uh, help me to understand based on your experience in this space when you um, when you have that initial conversation or subsequent conversation with a business owner where you go, well, you know, Paul, I know you think your radio station is worth X, but based on these factors, it's kind of worth X minus fifty percent. How do they react? 
to that? Well, you know, for a variety of reasons, they're uh, uh, understandably upset about it. Uh, they planned on uh, walking away with $10 million, and you're only telling them it's five. And so there's a gap in their retirement plan. There's, there's a gap that needs to be filled somehow. And then they have to get used to the fact that um, buyers are only going to offer the, the five, not the 10 million. And it, they take it personal sometimes. And you, you really can't. This is, a, this is a business. These are transactions. These are professionals doing these transactions. So you have to realize that uh, whatever the market value is, is, is what your business is worth. So, you know, th- that sounds like a best practice is to know the value of your business as early in the process, maybe always. If you don't know it now, you should learn it soon. What's a way that they? What's a way that a business owner could get a, a qualified sense for what the business is worth without maybe having to engage the people who are used to valuing businesses to sell it? Maybe they just want to get an estimate or a, a, a model of what the business might sell for. Yeah, what you can do is you can get a broker opinion of value which is someone who's in the marketplace, uh, who has comps, uh, comparable to other sellers, uh, sales that are going on. And um, just that broker opinion value is not nearly as expensive as a valuation would be. And a valuation, of course, you would use in court or divorce or something like, okay. like that. And that costs uh, you know, tens of dollars $30,000. But wow. a broker opinion value is much less, and it just gives you a good feel as to not only what your business is worth right now, but how could you make it better? How could you improve it by the time you want to sell it? How, how does it do that? How does it tell you how to improve it? Well, they're basically um, value drivers, as we call them, that buyers are looking for. So buyers are looking for a certain type of concentration with your customers, a certain type of customers, uh, making sure your financials are a certain way, um, that you have upside potential with a strategic plan in place. So these value drivers are what buyers are looking for. And when you have those, they get very excited. When you don't have them, then they have to start discounting your business because they know they have to do it at some point to get the true value of the business. So if someone was interested in doing uh, uh, a valuation through a broker, is that something they could just Google and people would come up who provide that service? Or how would a business owner even begin that process of figuring out how to get an appraisal or a comp based sale? Well, at Salazar Group, we do that as part of our uh, our additional services that we provide. Uh, not all brokers do that, but uh, Sells our group, we do, and we just think it's essential to know where you currently are with your value and then how we can improve it, and then we can sell it. So it's kind of a three-step process. It kind of makes perfect sense to me. I mean, it, it, if you're going to sell anything, the, the idea of selling your house is a great one, right? You sort of look around, what's been happening in my neighborhood, and what's the trend? What's the price per square feet they're getting? How many square feet do I have? And is that a number I'm good with? This is sort of a similar thought process, right? Well, in the fact, in in the sense that you have a buyer and a seller, and you have a comparables, but every business is a little bit unique. That's it's the a challenge, little bit right? different. Yeah, you yes. can't just lay the square footage and, on top of you know, the, the customer base is a little different. Uh, your strategy is a little different. Your pricing may be a little different, and so you just can't take a cookie cutter approach to it. You really have to take more of a strategic approach and say, okay, you have the good numbers, the cash flow, but what else do you have that might be intellectual property? It might be a certain strategy that you have. Uh, there's some reason that uh, makes you a little special why your customers buy your product versus your competitor. Okay, so there's a story there. There is. So, so um, in, your, in your opinion, having worked with these folks, is a business owner mentally prepared to talk about their business this way to a 
potential uh, acquirer. You know what I mean? Are they, are they thinking that way, or does it take a little bit of training and helping for them to kind of get their talk track right about selling the business, or at least how they would represent their business? Yes, um, there are specific steps that you can take for this process of getting to the point where you're optimizing the value of your business. And those steps are uh, steps that we have defined after talking to hundreds of buyers of all different sizes of businesses. And we've talked to those buyers and said, what, you know, what are the six things that you're looking for in a business really to optimize it, uh, for a seller to optimize their value? And so we have identified those. It takes a little time to work with the company to get those uh, implemented. Sometimes it may be implementing a CRM system. Mm-hmm. Or and that takes a little time and a little uh, investment, but uh, at least you know what the buyers are looking for, and then they can just check off the list when they come to your business and see you have all these these systems in place. And so we're talking with David Salazar. He's a friend. He's a member of the Critical Mass community. He's a repeat radio show guest, having been on before talking about his business. We're going a little bit deeper in the specific area to try to help many of the listeners in our audience who are business owners. Uh, I'm not expecting you all to rush to the door and sell your company. I'd like you to do what David said, have your company in a position to be sold at any time, because some percentage, I'm sure, David, of business owners who sell their business are forced to. You know, it's not of their own volition, either health or personal situation, right? I mean... Yes, absolutely, Rick. Uh, Health is a big one. Uh, we get surprised sometimes uh, as we get a little bit older on, on some of the health issues, and you have to be ready to sell in, in a short period of time. And if it gets extreme, you know, your your family is going to be in a position to sell it also. So um, you should be prepared um, at all times, in, in my feeling, and at least once a year. Determine what the value of your business is, right. and uh, that someone can come in and evaluate it and get a good, honest evaluation. So, so when you say health, I'm sure most of in our listening audience, either live on OC Talk Radio or in the future on, I don't know, iTunes or whatever, think, oh, like I get cancer or I have a stroke or something like heart disease. I, I would argue mental health in the form of burnout is a health-related issue that causes people to sell their business. It, do you see that? It's in the top two. It is. So burnout and retirement are the top two reasons. And of course, burnout comes when it's unexpected. You come back from a vacation and you sit back down at your desk and you realize, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, my God. You know, I've done this for 20 years. I've built this baby to what she is now. And I don't want to do this anymore. So what do I do now? Right. And and again, those that are prepared are the ones that will get a chance to optimize the value. Just as you're talking, I feel like I some of the oxygen has gone out of the room. You know what I mean? To have that sitting at your desk starting to feel that way, you sort of start to hyperventilate. too extreme of a term. But, I mean, that sort of like is the wrong path to exiting your business because you're already, in my mind, kind of in a negative situation, right? You're sort of in a deficit position then. You, maybe you don't want to be that when you're selling your most prized asset. Yeah, you're almost being forced right? out by yourself because, because you you don't want to come to work tomorrow, right? And or you know you don't want to do this next year, or you don't want to wait for a recession to happen again, and then have the value of your business go down and wait ten years to build it back up. And so you do get kind of a little bit of a panic. So it's best to have people that you know, uh, such, such as our group, and can help you be prepared. And uh, so whenever you do have that feeling, whether it be for retirement or burnout, uh, you're prepared. So I'm talking with David Salazar. So let's role play for a second. Let's say I'm that starting to be burned out business owner, and I get you to give me a a 
broker's evaluation, and I look at the number and I go, oh, David, I need more than that. And you go, well, here's here's six or eight drivers of value. You ought to do this work. The the time that I'm most likely wanting to do it is when I'm already starting to feel like I don't want to be there to begin with, right? Now you're telling me I have to work harder to get out? That seems to me to be a difficult ask. Yeah, it's not really um, – I mean, you're a hard worker to begin with. Anybody who starts a business and builds it up to $5, 10000000 million, you're a hard worker. Right. And, um, and I'm always amazed at the challenges those people overcome. But it uh, it really, again, just means uh, uh, being a little smarter, if you will. Okay. Understanding the process. We use a specific proven process that has steps to it that make sure that everything is covered. And then also uh, – being prepared, um, understanding the value drivers and the mm-hmm. value builders mm-hmm. and uh, those things that will optimize the business. You you already know those. You're working on those instead of being surprised by them. So we have a few minutes left here, and, and I wanted to get over. I've got a number of questions here, and we've only touched on a few of them. David, we'll have to have you back in the future. Come back and maybe get the rest of the questions I that didn't get to. That sounds great. Okay, sounds we'll good. do that again, Paul. Yeah. Uh, let's get them scheduled, Joan. Um, but, but my question uh, for you is, is there a psychology of the sale? that experienced buyers know if they go through a certain sequence, they're likely to prevail in the negotiations. Let me be more more obvious. Do sellers agree to a higher price in the beginning of acquisition, knowing that by the time they get to close, they're going to be able to lower that price? Yeah, Rick, it's called retrading. Retrading? Yeah, so they'll make an offer, let's say $5 million, and you'll go through the entire negotiation process, and you'll sign a letter of intent, then they get to something that's called due diligence, where they're really peeling back the uh, skin of the business and looking into it. And they, every little thing they find, they're going to deduct $100,000 or $50,000 or whatever. And your $5 million all of a sudden goes down to $3.2 million. Okay. And um, So what recourse do you have at that point as the, as the seller of the business? It's a little late. And okay. uh, you have to decide whether you want to move ahead with the lower price or do you want to wait and, and improve the value of the business later on? So that's my point about being prepared, is if you know uh, exactly what the buyers are looking for and you're working constantly at, at improving the value of the business, then you won't have to make uh, those mistakes. So retrading. Business owners, this is a word you should write down and you should be ready for it because it sounds like it's an effective negotiating strategy. Because I don't know if this is your direct experience, but have you he- heard stories where the seller sort of believes they have a deal? Maybe they start picking out the cabin that they're going to buy or the boat that they're going to cruise on or some, you know, mentally they start to move towards the exit, which then would make this retrading all the more effective when they come in and give you the lower offer. You're sort of bought into getting out of the business. Yeah, and, and I don't want to make it sound like all buyers are bad people or something and unethical. It's just part of negotiations, and um, they a lot of times don't know all the details right. until we get to due diligence. Right. So legitimate reasons why they reduce the price, and, and they have to reduce the, uh, the amount of their risk. So it's part of the process, and you just have to be ready for it, right. prepared. Right. And I would imagine the better that you implement the six values and drivers of value, the less retrading that might go on because there's less risk that the buyer discovers through due diligence. Absolutely. If you have advisors up front who can counter any objection that a buyer might bring with evidence that we've already researched, uh, you're going to be in a much better position to uh, not only hold your value, but maybe improve your value. Oh, my goodness. You can so, go the other way? Yeah, you can. You've actually seen it go the other way, David we, Salazar? We have. When I find out that a buyer uh, really needs this business to support one of their other businesses or an industry or something, um, we make sure we get optimize that, that, that value. So. Man, what a great 
What a great thought to leave towards the end of the interview. For those of you that are still listening, hopefully it's all of you that started listening uh, are still listening. From your experience happening to structure these deals, what type of advisors does a business owner need to kind of manage the trans- the transaction? Well, you need a transaction attorney. Okay. So you, you don't want the attorney to handle the divorce or something or the uh, foundation of the business, but you, you want a, a transaction attorney who does this on a a weekly basis and has experience there. You also want a CPA who is also involved in transactions. So this isn't about minimizing taxes. This is about optimizing the value of the business and the way the accounting records need to be to show the buyer that everything is in in order. Okay. Um, And then thirdly, I would say a financial planner. If you know what your gap is, if you know what you need to do to to, uh, make sure you satisfy your uh, retirement needs, then, uh, uh, of course, a financial planner can help you with that. So, What about, um, do, have you found that all bankers are equally comfortable in helping a business owner transact their business, or are you finding that some bankers maybe are better equipped at helping the business owner? I think that uh, banking is very important in financing, and what I do is I try to get the business pre-approved by certain banks so that uh, when a buyer brings up an objection to financing, we can we can overcome that, okay. and we've already addressed it. So, so that, that's kind of the dream team, then, that a business owner should consider, with you kind of being the quarterbacking of it then, right? Yeah, that's correct. And it, it is a dream team from the standpoint is we're helping the owner realize his dream yes. after all these years. So. Yes. So what a great thought to end on. Thank you for giving of your time. You're You're, you're a friend of the show. You're a part of our community, a very valued member, and I'm glad that you agreed to come back and share more of a bit of what you know about this very important subject. My pleasure, Rick. And I'd like to thank none other than Paul Roberts, who uh, owns the station and engineers the show, our three producers, without whom we could not do the show each week. They are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. And if you'd like to connect with me, let's start on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, spelled F-R-A-N. ZI. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 